Hello. Hi, John. <clears throat> I don't want to die. I sometimes wish I'd never been born at all. Yeah. I used to be able to play that solo a long time ago. Yeah, I learned it from, I think, you know what I learned it from? You know what I learned it from. I learned it from Brian May's Hot Licks. Oh, did you have Brian May's Hot Licks? I did. Go! Oh, 30 years! <laughs> oh my god, but see the point I'm trying to there. make the point it's well I'm on acoustical. You know, but the point I'm trying to make, John, is the album. These kids today, they don't listen to albums, which is fine. Yeah, sure. It's fine. But it's Whatever. a the whole album is good, John. Yeah. You can't just eat the you well, of course you can just eat the dessert. You're a grown man. Sure. <laughs> but that and God Save the Queen, what a way to end a goddamn album. Yeah. Yeah, they were, you know, the 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 first album I ever heard where uh, somebody had gotten the master tapes and had broken it out into tracks. Yeah, isolated track stuff. Uh, the, that, you know, because I'd seen those ones that you get on the late night TV or whatever. That I had those DVDs that were like, you know. Uh, let me, get, uh, let me, can I, can I guess? Uh, go Linda, ahead. Linda McCartney soundcheck. Oh, okay. That, that's we're talking about a different thing, but yes. Oh, that's are, are you talking about are you talking about like isolated running with the devil vocals kind of thing? Yeah, that 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 thing. I mean the the yeah. the, the, the the video series that was that was on DVD was like you sat there in the control room with Judas Priest and they walked you through. You know, they'd pull up the the drums and then they'd show you the vocal tracks. You know, that, oh, what, I, what I love that, that stuff. Well, there's Eagle you know, Rock. Well, is the you, the, do you remember, John, that when you used to tour, you had a DVD wallet full of uh, classic albums, didn't you? Oh, at one I point, I did. I had a DVD of classic albums. That's right. Uh, classic albums and behind well, behind the music, people sometimes I think concatenate those. But classic albums, whatever that series was, yeah. that was one. But there, there, now, thank, thanks. How to How do you YouTube, remember that? That I carried that, that wallet because I cannot even tell you how many times I've watched. <laughs> The entire episode on Steely Dan's Asia. I know, I know. <laughs> Rick oh, Morata explaining the hi hat. The bass guy explaining how he got behind the partition to slap. I could watch it every day. We had so many conversations about all those different guitar players, all those different attempts to to to, to land that solo. You you're really nailing a certain zeitgeist. I think. <laughs> Really, honestly. Well, okay, so fun, it was funny. So, so just hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roderick on the Line with your hello. friend John Roderick. We're I, recording on a different day and at a different time. Excuse me. Yes. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> we are doing that. Uh, so it doesn't, and I'm just completely, I went to the gym yesterday. My, my mind is not. <laughs> Did in, you need to pick engaged. something up? Why were you there? No, well, so I, you know, fitness. Fitness. Mm, mm. fitness. I thought you were a walker. Well, I, that's... I mean, they're not mutually exclusive. I want to talk more about Queen in a second, but can Yeah, we will, but I, yeah, no, I just, I, uh, it got dark here, and oh, I Oh, Jesus out. Christ. Luckily, both of our kids, do you remember <laughs> when you had a kid, and even if you're not using the phrase sleep hygiene, do you mm. remember what it was like to have a kid who was like, say, six, mm. and it's like, okay, we got the kid to go to sleep at a normal time because school is starting, mm -hmm. and then after two weeks of that, then a week or two goes by, and then you have to do it all over again. Yeah, I hate it so much. John. It's time. too goddamn dark. And where you live, woof! It must get it must get dark at like two there. It's crazy, and, and you know, uh, up in Anchorage, it was like forget about it. I'll and bet, then over here, it was yeah. like hey, and then this guy. But uh, but now, yeah, right. The daylight savings time hits, and all of a sudden, it's oh, dark. So at it's not fun as much to walk at like seven o'clock, huh? N no, because it's, it's a different also, walk. It's a different walk. It was a long summer. We had a long fall. It was still 68 degrees and sunny. And then in the space of four days, it was like pouring down rain. The sun went down at 445. Yeah. And it's 41. It is, it's so it is so abrupt. It's like uh like Terry Gilliam had done the segue between two scenes <laughs> and it involved something falling down and going thump. <laughs> and you now know? something completely different. Now, <laughs> now apparently it's winter and my child won't go to sleep. <laughs> the lodge. Anyway, so I went to a gym <laughs> and <laughs> Antelope. 
Gone. And there was, you know, there with was Woody a, Wood. a woman there with the with the pur- purple hair, and she had a she had like a her hat said Queen on it, and she was like, "What are you looking for at the gym?" And I was like, "I just want to join a gym. I don't really want to have an oh, interview." Oh wait, so sorry, so sorry. You're talking to one of the intake engineers. Yeah, intake engineer. And she was, and she was like, "Let's walk around." And I'm walking. Oh, uh, these the people. Stuff. I think they get a cut, John. I well, they must. Know. And and she's like, "Any particular equipment you're looking for?" And I was like, "It's just a gym, lady. You know." <laughs> The, you can lift these. You, you push have those. a Les Paul custom. <laughs> Hello, friend. I am professional podcaster Merlin Mann. Every day I hear from millions of Roderick on the line listeners who want to share what our program has meant to them. It's my favorite part of the job. I put little cameras in all of my trees. I finally know what to say when I meet Dan Harmon. I learned the power of campfire spaghetti parties. I swear to God I'll never look at a woman in a Dutch window the same way again. German underpants are way better than I could have imagined. My family says I look taller, but not in a weird way. I was today years old when I learned that chili could be pumped. Listen, we have a lot of fun here and obviously we are changing a lot of lives. Thing is, we also want your money. So if Roderick on the Line has had an impact on your own life, please go to patreon.com slash Roderick on the Line. You can support our important work for as little as $5 a month. Keep moving and get out of the way. 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 And visit GiveRoderickYourMoney.com. It's the right thing to do. What do you... You tell me if you've got something that no other gym has. Yeah, pitch me. I, you got medicine balls. You got the free weights. They have a cream for Is that it, now. <laughs> anything in particular I can help yeah. you with? So I signed up. And, uh, and I, you know, and I brushed all the, all the big offers back off the plate. And I was just like, I just want to just start slow. I'm not one of those new year's Eve or new year's day gym membership. So you have an idea in mind that you, if I could say you're guessing, you don't want to wreck your body and you're not mad at yourself. You're not forcing yourself to go in and do something unsustainable that involves sit-ups on a Nautilus or something. No, the. To get something that works that you can live with, you know. Yeah, and and the thing I'm worried about most, I think, is that my back and my and honestly, Merlin, my legs, I have let get too small. Anybody who ever had that phase in junior high or high school where you did a little bit of weightlifting for a while, you know how surprising it is the first time you learn what you can squat. Like, even if you're not a strong person, you can probably squat more than you think. And I bet you can't squat as much as you can think now is what I'm thinking. It's right. You can't. And I can't. And I need that power. You know, I need that power. What oh, happens? It'll, it'll if, come up. Yeah. What, what happens if the, if the mule dies? I'm going to have to pull the cart. Oh, how would you get it back up the hill? Yeah, it's. I need to. So I need to get in there. I need to do that work. <laughs> what if the mule dies? What if the mule dies? Yeah. Who's going to pull the cart then? It's a good question. You know? Well, here's the thing. Uh, there's one candidate that's going to rise above all the others. You've got a lot of good, strong and strong-willed people. I'm sorry about the construction. You've got a lot of <laughs> strong and strong-willed, let's be honest, females in your life, genders mm-hmm. in your life. But you're going to be the one who's the substitute mule. Let's not even worry about that. No, nobody's going to be. Nobody's going to be looking at your kid going, huh? huh? <laughs> a lot of the strong will. Let daddy in my stay family, warm with the heat. The the strong will is di- is directed at telling me what it's time for me to do. Hey, we all have so, a role. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, the cart's going to get hitched to me. In fact, I'm I'm not convinced because the mule is a girl too, and she's giving me the side eye. Like, why am oh, I? Of pulling? course, of course. Like, I know, I know. <laughs> So, yeah. So, anyway, I went to the gym. So, I'm sore because I went in there and I didn't do, I didn't get on the bike for 20 minutes. Can I, can I, I didn't can I clarify stretch. One, can I ask a clarifying question? So, yeah. so you, the, the, the time, so did you, because I think the day that I signed up for a gym in whatever that was, 1994, 1992, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like, I think I was probably in workout gear. And drove my Mazda 323 to the gym. Cool car. Near my yeah, it was a pretty cool car. It was that was the, like when the Miata was hot. But yeah. there was a there was a movie theater when I lived in Tallahassee uh, on uh, on the north side. I was near I was near Harvey's grocery store. I was near the uh, what was it called like the Capital City movie theater. Oh, I was near the yoga place where the, where the people got shot later. And oh, uh, and I was right next to my gym. I, 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 but of course I drove there in my Mazda 323. I was paying you know. Over three hundred and twenty dollars a month in payments on it. So was that a, was that the hatchback three two three? Well, you had the, the, the you had the you had the three two three, the six two six, and the mine was called. It's technically at that year ninety one. It was called the Mazda Protege. Oh, the Protege. And I think there was a nine. I want to say my boss. So it was really it was really a little bit you know weird. I had a three two three a Protege. My immediate boss had a six two six, 
And then his his brother, who was the big boss in the company, the guy used to had pick a his ass. Yeah, nineteen nine. The guy who would pick his ass walking down the hall. He said, "I drove like Mr. Magoo." He, uh-huh. um, <laughs> <laughs> but he did pick his ass in the halls. Good man. But he, yeah. But anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so I would go there. But if memory serves, John, I'm, I just want to clarify when I strode in from my car to the gym that was about three blocks from my house. If memory serves, I was in workout gear the day that I signed up. That I talked oh, to yeah. the well. That I spoke with an intake engineer. <laughs> now, were you were you were you ready? To uh, to uh, tuck into some exercise the day that you signed up, or was there an interregnum? Do, do the do the construction people behind uh, uh, out on the corner there? Do they do other things besides back their equipment up? It seems like they're I just would be in honored a- if you would let me send you a movie because I do that with my other co-host because it's so difficult to explain. It's so difficult to explain what is actually going on out there. But there are we're not talking about bobcats, dude. We're mm-hmm. talking about the Big Lodi Boys. Where, mm-hmm. well, we talked Big about this Lodi before. Boys. Well, I think I called it the Bang Bang Machine. It's that one that has the kit on the front. You can switch out to be different kinds of things. Yeah. The ones, and then you could put a scooper on it. Scooper. And at night, when they retire the vehicles to the to the to wherever they you know they park them, um, they leave the scoopers out. The scoopers are the size of a sixth grader, uh-huh. and that size scooper. Okay. And there's yeah. two of the vehicles that use those outside. And that's not even what's making the boom boom noise. That's a different noise. They also have a saw for cutting concrete. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Now, if I if I'm not correct, we're me gonna if get I, back to Queen later after the workout, right? Uh, I think. Okay. Because I, I think you I think you hit something really important that's vital for for the program. But please continue. Well, it's unclear to me. Uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm misremembering this. Project you know, management. It's all I, about project management. I change management. my I change my medication a lot, but but okay. uh, oh yeah. But weren't they? Tearing up the street out in front of your. The question uh, I think you're asking office. is, hey, didn't they already do this for a really long time? <laughs> didn't they do this, and then didn't they do it once before? Yes, before John. But listen, what is the one thing that we know about streets? Um, well, there's there's one side of the street. Yeah. Right. Oh. <laughs> oh. They're doing it all over again, twenty feet south. Oh no, they're doing the other side. It's the other side of the street. Street. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've decided that I'm into it. (laughs) It's kind of like being in an abusive relationship in the 90s. You just have to decide that you're into it. Oh, and well, you haven't gotten a lot of air horn yet, because of course there's a guy out there in a high vis- visibility uh, outfit yeah. with, a, with a flap hat, and he's got the air horn. And if somebody doesn't slow down to, he gives you a little bit of that as, as you're driving away. I'm God. sure that it it's makes the it TSA of construction. <laughs> all of those people are making $75 an hour. I'm sure that that kind of improves your mood. About I'm terrified it, right? to find out I'm doing podcasts in here because they probably make so much more money than me. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, uh, I'm, I'm not going to apologize. I've decided I, you should join me in this abusive relationship. And, beep, yeah, somebody's packing up beep, for sure. I'm not taking it out. This is uh, what do they call it? Diegetic. This is all part. This is part of the mise en scene. So you decided it's hard to take. No, so I got to the, the gym and I was just in a wool jacket with a wool hat with ear flaps, and uh, <laughs> you I, I were worried my, about your pyloric valve. I was. I was. My valve kept slamming shut. Uh huh. And that that uh, that that minx, you know, and, who's yeah, uh, my, yeah. And I signed up for a meeting. I think. Tomorrow, I'm supposed to meet with a personal trainer. That that's come oh, with my membership. Oh, they saw you coming. <laughs> well, no, it comes with my membership. It wasn't a tack yeah, on. Sure, but I'm only gonna. I ha- that's what they I, said in the abusive relationships too. It comes with your membership. It comes with your membership. Well, yeah. so I'm gonna say, they're gonna say. So, what are your goals? And I'm gonna say, when, when's that schedule for, John? It's for tomorrow, I think. Tomorrow afternoon. Tomorrow, so Friday. Friday, yeah. you're gonna go in there. and You're gonna talk to to a person, and and so you're anticipating what you need to prepare. Do you need to bring in any documents? Will you sign anything? And you're gonna yeah. sit down. I remember Lonely Sandwich told me about the time he got his intake engineer was named Ray Ray, and Ray Ray, Ray walked Ray. him through. Yeah, you're gonna go to your Ray Ray, your intake engineer. And, and you're imagining that they're going to... So the, the notion is that whatever it is you come in with, they're going to come up with a plan for you. Some kind of plan, right? How, like do you I util- think- how do you utilize this membership you've just acquired? A lot of people come in and they're like, I want to lose 30 pounds. I think of that's got to be really common. And I'm going to, you know, but then, you know me, I like to, I, I don't want to be just a regular, right? So I'm not going to be some, I need to lose 30 pounds guy. You're not a fucking snork, John. No, I've got to come in with a different a different thing so I know a little bit you don't, about You don't have divorced people. guy energy. And what you're describing you. is divorced Thank guy energy. Don't yeah. have that. Don't Don't be divorced guy. No, and I know what they're looking for, what they're going to respect, right? So I'm going to pander to them a little bit. I'm going to be like, man, I need to strengthen my core. 
and then they're gonna go. Oh, yeah. do you, are you gonna need to do code switching and speak their patois? Nah, just a little. Like, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I really need, I really need some core work, and they're gonna go. Yeah, right. This guy's a real one. He's not some lose thirty pounds guy. He's a core guy. Yeah, you're not supposed to say things like I'd like to be able to shit without it hurting. No, 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 no. Talk about that's your core. A, that, that's nice. And when I and and my intake uh, friend, could the queen. Um, I used a swear word at one point because she was like, what do you, what do you, uh, you know, what, what are you looking to get out of this? And I was yeah, like, yeah. well, I've gone to shit. Oh and dear. So, and she, oh, she was like, oh, uh -huh. oh, are we swearing? I'm not swearing. Yeah. And I was like, you're not supposed to just... talk like that to the queen. You're supposed to come in and, and you yeah. nod and you say, ma'am, that rhymes with ham. And then hey, you never show them your back and you, and you back out, but you, you certainly do not offer up the word shit to the regent. Yeah, I said I said shit, but so so I'm not I'm not gonna make that mistake the second nope. time because I I don't know if this is a seventh day. Ray Ray don't play that. Um, yeah, who knows? Who knows? I yeah. mean, Ray Ray might might <clears throat> roll out like right away like, "What's up, dude? Fuck you!" This episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com. Slash super trained friends. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and for growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything, your products, your services, and even the content that you create. Because guess what, guys? Squarespace has got you covered. So many great things. Uh, you know that you can sell products in an online store. This used to be a whole thing, trying to do this on your own. Well, you know, whether you're selling physical or digital products, Squarespace has the tools that you need to start selling online. And, and like we mentioned, the templates, so beautiful. You're gonna get started with a best-in-class website template, and then you customize it to fit your own needs. It's as easy as browsing the category of your business to find a perfect starting place. And then you customize it, and you make it your own with just a few clicks, a few drags, and uh, get a beautiful website. You know, it uh, used to be uh, trying to do search engine optimization, required a whole bunch of add-ons. Well, not anymore, because with Squarespace, you can use the suite of integrated features, uh, SEO guides, things that will help you to maximize your prominence among search results. And of course, let's not forget that Squarespace also has powerful blogging tools so you can share stories, photos, videos, and updates. You'll be able to categorize, share, and schedule your posts to make your content work for you. Uh, you're using Squarespace right now. I feel I feel like I should tell you because Roderick on the Line, the podcast that you're enjoying right now, is and always has been hosted on Squarespace, and uh, they've been really good to us. It's where I put some of my personal sites, professional sites, and it's maybe most importantly the site, the service that I recommend to people who need a home on the web. You got to check it out. So go check it out. You go to squarespace.com/supertrain. You can get a free trial with no credit card required when you're ready to launch. Use our very special offer code SUPERTRAIN because that's going to save you 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain, squarespace.com slash SUPERTRAIN. Use that code SUPERTRAIN for 10% off. Uh, it'll save you some money and it'll show your support for Roderick on the line. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Roderick on the line and all the great shows. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Woo! I'm going to uh, I'm going to talk about my core, and then I'm going to say, and then I'm going to point out a couple of unusual muscles that people don't normally uh, mention. Right? I'm going to say like, I don't really have get, or don't mention. No, don't. You know, like because if people are like, I want to strengthen my biceps, it's like, oh yeah, you're such a noob. But oh, I'm going to be like, you're talking about oh. them small muscle groups. So exactly. my canonical example is what I call the roller skating muscle. Oh, the roller I know, skating. Well, you ever go roller skating when you were a kid? And like, if you only go roller skating once a year, twice a year, when you get home brother you're gonna feel a muscle you didn't know existed and you're that shin splints which no what? i'm talking about like up in your taint between your taint and your thigh there's that one muscle you never ever oh, use for yes. i think one of the ways you get hurt in life i don't know about sports but in life and this goes back to squats in some ways you know, they say you know lift with your lift with your knees not your back well like mm -hmm. there's muscle groups that are as i understand it have evolved for certain uses the, some of the small muscle groups are the ones that'll fuck you up because they're just can, control. It's about control, right? You're yeah, just I mean, they've to got a role. Together. I mean, basically, it's like asking Elon Musk to run Twitter. Like, you're going in and you're saying, like, hey, there's this group here that does perfectly fine. It was like me in the dot-com days. I rose too fast, too hard. And, like, I should, I'm a small muscle group. I'm not there to make you good at roller skating. I'm there to make it so it doesn't hurt when you shit. 
But you know what I'm talking about? Think about your Achilles. I know these are not all muscles, but think about all those little little things that eventually fuck you up. It could be stuff, like you say, in your core. It could be, think about your lower back. You ever take out the recycling and hurt your back? That, sure. That's wrong. Well, I haven't, <clears throat> but that's, maybe maybe I turned too quickly with an empty bag and then I had to lay down for a week. Yeah, I see right. what you're saying, but you go in and you say, you could, it could be something like, certainly all the snorks are going to come in and say, my wife is leaving me, I want to get ripped. You might want to come in and, and say something like, you know, are you going to take baby steps, John? Are you going to get ready to set you up with something that's sustainable or that's, are you willing to tear something quickly? That's not my, I'm not a baby steps guy. You know, I went in, I went in yesterday, I, I sat down at, because I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not a guy that's going to be like, oh, I only work with free weights. Uh, I like the machines. The machines John, also, are cool. you like talking to people. You want to, your intake a engineer, little, yeah. Ray Ray, well, Ray Ray, well, yeah, you're telling me that sure. you'll talk, you'll talk to a Croatian cab driver for sure, the entire ride, to, but you're going to talk, talk to Ray Ray? I want to know about Ray Ray's life, I too. Bet he might be a DJ. No, uh, what, it's not, I don't even know. I don't even know Ray Ray's gender, frankly. I have no idea Thank who you. Ray Ray is. Thank you. Yeah. So I went in and sat down at the machine, and the first machine I sat down at was a, some kind of rowing machine, and I pulled back on it, and it was t too easy. So I looked down, and it was like, well, okay, so <laughs> famous last words. I'll put I'll put the weight up. You know, it was at sixty or something. I'll put the weight up to seventy, and it was it pulled again. And I was like, well, that's too easy. So I put it up to eighty. No, so I put it up to a hundred, <clears throat> and I pulled on it, and I was like, okay, I can do. Because I always am thinking, can I do three sets of ten? That was what I was taught when I first was going I remember, to the gym. I remember hearing, I don't have a stake in this factoid from the 80s, but mm -hmm. I always heard it said that if you lift the very heavy stuff, you get bulky. And yeah. if you do multiple repetitions of the smaller things, you get like toned. Right. Right. I heard that too. And I don't know whether that's true or not. And I don't know whether I want to get bulkier toned, frankly. And I never did. I didn't know then, and I don't know now. It's a process. <clears throat> it feels like I want to get bulky and toned. Well, different, I, you know, different, different things, different ways. You don't put cilantro on your Captain Crunch, but that doesn't mean you won't put it on a taco. Yeah, right. In the case of of the machines, I feel like <clears throat> I want to do ten, ten pulls or pushes, three times. Mm -hmm. And on the you take, you take a, just take a break in between. Is that take it? a little break in between? Okay. And you you know you get up, you put your hands on your hips, you lean back, you go, oh yeah, and mm -hmm. you know depend, doesn't matter what you were doing. Take a step but to the right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you do a little bit of this. You ah, breathe it in. You know, let, let rest and then do it again. And then each time, oh, when you, do you, do you, after the first one, do you go shoo and then squirt uh, water in, in into your mouth from one of those squeezy bottles? There you go. There you go. See, you've seen this. You've I've seen. seen it on I feel like I've seen this. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then on the last one, so you're up to, did you stay at a hundred? Well, so, so I did a hundred and I did, I did 10 and then I kind of sat there. I didn't feel like getting up and, and, and making a big show. I just sat on the machine cause it's not an, it's not a full gym. And then I did 10 more. And then on the third group of 10, you want to be, you want to have picked the weight that was, I, this is, I'm just shooting this into the sky, but that. When you get close to, when you get to five on the third time through, yeah. you're thinking to yourself, am I going to make it all the way to 10? Mm -hmm. And then you get to 10 and then you try and do two more. You just try and get to 12, you know, and by the time you so get to Ray 12, Ray in your mind saying, push it, John, you can do it. more. You can do just more. You're, co you're self-coaching, if you like. Exactly. Yeah. And so a hundred pounds at, on that uh, thing felt like. Right at the end, I was like tired, and I and I was like, "Am I going to make it?" Yes, I did it. I got all the way to twelve, and so then I went to the next machine, which was a completely different muscle group, and I was like, "Let's start at a hundred. and I put the thing at a hundred, <clears throat> and I did a hundred pounds of whatever that weight was three times, and then the last one, I was like, "I can do it! I can do it!" and I got there, and so I just went around to every machine and started on a hundred pounds. Completely irrespective <laughs> well, of what the wait. exercise was. <laughs> well, to go back to cilantro, it's one thing to buy 100 pounds of potting soil and another thing to buy 100 pounds of cilantro. <laughs> They're pretty <Yeah>. different. <laughs> exactly. So some of the exercises <laughs> I was doing yesterday, I was like, I'm, I'm just really saying, good at man, this. For that roller skate muscle, I'd say they're called the, I think it's called the adductor. There's one adductor where, you, where you sit on. No, there's one, the one machine you sit on and it looks like a sex, like a German sex machine. You put your, your legs oh, straight down and then you try to. Together? Well, um, 
you draw your, your legs are straight and you kind of draw your legs together and there's resistance in how hard it is to draw them together. That yeah. works that I, just John, yeah. if you haven't done it yet, I'm going to say consider starting below hundred on that one. Okay. Well, so, cause there were a few of these, <laughs> where were you challenged by the, there were a few, the, the rule of 100, a few, <laughs> a few exercises where a hundred pounds was not a reasonable starting place yeah. for me for whatever I was doing. And, uh, but I didn't do all the machines cause I also learned 35 years ago or what, 40 years ago. Yeah. Uh, that you don't, you, that you have a leg day and then you do a. Oh, we, here's where we talk about day. you've got different muscle groups. And this is another piece of lore from mm. the 80s mm-hmm. is that you need to let a muscle group rest for at least a day between mm. sessions. Right, it, right, right. So somebody like you, who's a real, I think the phrase y'all use in the community, a real gym rat, you're going in there every day. But mm-hmm. you can't do – if you do your arms every day, you end up looking like some kind of cartoon character from the Pink Panther. Right. You don't want right, those right. little skinny legs that really peg you as a going through a divorce guy. And so, and also, <clears throat> for me going in – and because uh, I was doing all the, all the ones that were like, this is kind of your lats and your other lats. Is that your tummy? No, it's your back. Oh. I was trying to do all, all kinds of back things because I feel like I need to get my back strong. But also the real, you know, the uh, the real like frosting workout stuff, the the uh, the real showboaty stuff is yeah. all the, uh, you know, the pu- the the push ups and the pull ups and the chest stuff, chest chest and shoulders. Like one where, where you, one where you sit and you you push the thing or pull the thing, right? Yeah, you push the thing or you pull the thing, right? And that's the one. That's the stuff where you're like, I'm lifting weights. I'm literally lifting this weight. L- literally yes. lifting weights. Yeah. And so I saved that because I didn't want to just walk in and be like, you know, again, total noob move. Lay down on a bench press and be like, check me out, you know, in my dress shirt or whatever. Here I go. I'm gonna start with a hundred pounds. I have no idea whether I don't know what I can. I don't know what. I don't know what I ever could bench press. Right. That's a that's a thing when you when you meet other people when you meet another uh, gym rat coming through the ride. It's the first question they ask, right? How, how much can you press? Well, I know this. I, what I'm giving you here with factoids about you know, before the '90s was the '80s, and that's when I was in high school. And that's, that's where my friend Rich, who was my, my friend Rich, was. There's a phrase we don't use so much. He was wiry. He's yeah. one of those guys that like you look at him. And he seemed like a pretty normal, skinny 15-year-old kid, but, like, he was hard. Like, his yeah. body was hard. And Rich, uh, you know, was, you know, a lot, had some trouble with family and stuff, and he spent a lot of time at school. He was a dear friend. And Rich would do weightlifting, with, like, the, which is really weird, because we were, we were the weirdos. We were the kids who would, you know, who were, like, listening to The Who and being weird. But he would hang out and go, and, and he could, Rich, who, like me, weighed probably 140 pounds soaking wet, um, he got to where he could bench press 200 pounds. And 200 pounds, I think, was kind of, at least in 1982, was kind of the, if you like, the bar. Like, if you can bench press, without regard to your size, if you could bench press over 200 pounds, you were in, like, some kind of notional 200-pound club. Right, see? I don't know I, if that's still the case, John. No, I think I don't it is. Know. I think it's a lot to ask of a child. But but that's what that's what Rich did. So I, rem- I remember feeling like you should be able to bench press your weight. Oh, interesting. So, and and in high school, I was 200 pounds. And I think if you can bench press, yeah, if you can bench press your weight, then what you're... What are you, 6'2"? 6'3". Oh, 6'3". Six, three. Six, three. You're the same so, height as both Gwendolyn Christie and Elizabeth Debicki. Really? Brienne of Tarth. Yeah. And I learned this last night, and I think it's going to be feeding into my interior world in numerous ways. Uh, 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 Brand of Tarth is six foot three, and Elizabeth Debicki, who plays you, you you've seen her in things, but she's uh, D- Diana on this season of The Crown. Oh, six uh-huh. foot three. You're kidding. How do they make all the other actors look normal sized around her? Well, they're not <clears> even <throat> trying. Um, Jimmy from The Wire, who is English in this, uh, he plays Charles. Um, it's. It's pretty funny, and I think they just kind of glide right past it. She's so good at playing Diana, like Emma Corrin was in the previous season. Uh, I love that show. I'm sorry to yeah. say, no, it's um, a good show. It's a really good show. The the very first scene where Emma Corrin shows up and she's dressed up as, um, you know, the Shakespeare character, and oh my mm-hmm. god, it, and she looks out the window. I love that fucking show. I've oh, seen also, Elizabeth Debicki in other things. You definitely have. She's. I've in, seen her in a thing where it was like, wow, she's much bigger than the other people in this scene. Yeah, yeah, she was. Oh, now I gotta look. Oh, it she up. was in Tenant. Yeah, I yeah, saw she was that in Tenant. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, she was in that movie. Yeah. I understand the 
it's difficult to understand that movie both forward and backwards from what I can gather. Uh, Did you understand right. that movie? Well, I, I worked real hard to understand it as it was happening. Yeah. And then I spent, like you do sometimes, I spent a few days afterwards yes. working it out. Uh, but I did notice the other day I was in some situation where I was flipping through channels. I might have been in a hotel. Yeah. And I came in halfway through it, and I, I, and I watched it for a little bit, and I was like, you know, I don't have the – I don't just have the energy right now. If somebody, if somebody came in and, sh- and like kind of shook your shoulder and said, what's happening right now? Like, right, like we've, we're, our family's super into Better Call Saul, and we're basically on these th- – we're in the black and white last three episodes right now and kind of taking I'm making everybody go slow because I really enjoy it but every single goddamn night I say to my family and my wife has seen the whole show she finished it like two months ago my kid has not seen it but the three of us are watching it every single night I go look I'm sorry I I thought I was an okay smart guy I think this show is too smart for me because even when I pay 100% attention to this show, I still feel like I, there's things I'm missing. Like, I forget who knows what about what. You know, this that kind of show. Shifting time stuff all going on. That's a show that I feel like I may not understand it because I'm not that smart. With Tenet, I'm, I wonder if I'm supposed to understand it. And there don't send a- me an article. Listen, don't send me an article from something called Vulture about it. I, uh-huh. I, I'm merely asking John, and then I want to hear more about your reps. I and definitely, then I'll talk about Queen, excuse me. About Tenant, I definitely... I, there are a lot of shows now and a lot of media properties where there's, uh, that are smart, and I'm, you know, I'm not putting scare quotes around smart, but I am putting... Uh, I am Like, like uh, smart, smart stories, good storytelling, that kind of smart? Yeah, well, let's just put smart in italics that are smart... Where the where it's very clear that that the the show itself is telling you, look, we've thought this through. You've chosen you've chosen well, and this is a show for smart people that's right yeah. in your wheelhouse. And so we, but listen, don't worry about it. We've yes. thought it all through. We're going to send you all the signals that all of the paradoxes that are here, all of the you right, know, right, right. We've done all that. We've sat around in like, a room with, and with said, like, yeah, like, but what with, if, yeah, if with, the cars like, are driving backwards? Does that really? Is that really how it would? Well, go and that's why them? I have to say to my kid who's playing with a phone the entire time, I have to say, listen, just so you know, there's nothing here that you're missing. Just right. it's not it's not because you miss something. It's because there's something that you're really not supposed to completely know or not supposed to completely understand. Right, but but you know that's the hardest thing for me to do. I can't. I cannot sit in a, a in a thing that was made by somebody else's imagination and just go, "Oh, sure, I trust you uh, to have done all the thinking." Yeah, because I just don't. Right. And that was what I and I've said it a million times. What I loved about that line in Inception, when Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon Levitt are sitting next to each other. Yeah. Yeah. In the, and, in the booths. Yeah. And and, and the one of them's like says, well, Wait, so what, is this uh, going to screw anything up with our timeline? Yeah. And, and Bruce Willis is like, <laughs> don't talk to me about time travel. <laughs> I don't want to talk about time travel. <laughs> it was such a beautiful moment because know, it was like, oh, that solves everything. Thank you. Thank you so much for the gift of not trying to pretend. Six foot three, <laughs> eyes of blue. You uh, you could do, you were 200 and 200. And so now, I don't know, what are you, probably 205? And you'd love to be able to lift that again, I'm guessing. I am more than 205. Oh, come on, John. And it is not You're, you're a clear. snack of a man. It's not clear to me if <laughs> if tomorrow, when I lay down on that bench press and I <laughs> and I start at 100, whether I'm going to be able to get it up. Uh, this is something I, alone, I like to say, I like to say that to, to my people, I say this a lot of times to Alex. I say, uh, you know, be careful about what you do, the choices you make in life. Try to never do anything that might end up having to be discussed on a medical or government form by someone mm. you love. Mm-hmm. And I think you might be getting a little bit into medical form territory there. If you just tuck into 205 tomorrow, sight unseen, even even if you're wearing like, you know, wearing your sweats and your Yeezys or your Yeezys, and yeah. you, you, you lay down there at 205... There's a number of ways that could, especially, you know, what what if you don't get on the first try and then you go, ah. Yeah, you you don't want to do that. If you go, ah, right before you lift, I don't think that's a beginner move. For the last, uh, for the last several years, of course, I periodically go down into my ravine and I lift up a log like a training montage in a Rocky movie and I carry the log. It is like that. It's like, it's like the Drogo, Drogo, Drogo. Drogo, Drogo. Yeah, 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 but a little bit like a Scottish games kind of thing. 
yeah, I run up to the top of a snowy hill. I raise yes. my arms in triumph. Then somebody oh, makes yeah. a, you know, some weights out of a chain, and I. So I'm doing you got, all You got to walk across the rice paper, snatch a coin. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, Lift typical. up a, a burning urn with my, inside of my arms. Well, that's how you get so your dragon monkeys. tats. Yeah. yeah. So monkeys. Monkeys. Forward and backwards. Um, so I do it sometimes, and I come out of the ravine, and I'm all dirty and drenched in sweat, and I, and I see the ladies that are out uh, speed walking. They all turn, and they look, and they go, who is that Fabio guy? And then... And I'm like, that's sexy Sasquatch. Yeah, you know, like rawr, rawr. coming out of the got dirt. I got a headband on. And then you squirt that water in, uh, in, in your mouth from your bottle. <laughs> yeah, but I but I had the bottle kind of. You got a wine skin. No, you got a wine skin. Squirts me right in the eyes, like. <laughs> so I'm gonna lay down on the bench tomorrow, and I'm gonna. I think. I think I'm gonna start at one seventy, and just see what happens. <laughs> Sorry. I'm sorry right. I made that noise. That was construction. <laughs> beep, beep. Uh-huh. Sounds okay. like they're taking a break. Oh. Are they having oh, a wow. coffee oh, break right 170? Now? That should be no problem. So I'm just going to put it on 170. Now, sure. the thing is, you don't have to do a bunch of reps. I'm going to no, finish Ulysses tonight. <laughs> wait a minute. I shouldn't start at 170, should I? I should start at 150. I'm going to start at 150, and I'm just going to say, okay, 150. Let's see what happens. And if I can do, if I can do 150, then I'll be like, I haven't lifted, I haven't bench pressed something in 15 years. So that, anyway, that's my goal for tomorrow. We'll see what Ray Ray says. I'm going to tell Ray Ray that I really want to work on my core. And on your core. I, yeah, I want to get strength and stamina. That Oh, that's another thing I want I want to, I want to say stamina. Because that's not something that a newly divorced dad says. They're well, like, I won't get buff. I want stamina. He would phrase it as staying power, I think. Oh, staying power. Good and thing. he would use it. There's a phrase I remember again now, Laura, from the 80s and 90s, they call it your stack. And it's like all the shit Ooh. you take. No, no, no. You take your Joe uh, Joe Wiedemann uh, powder and and you add some uh, hydroxy beta blockers on that. Like whatever, all that bullshit. Oh, you think about your smoothie. stack. Well, a stack can also be your ephedrine back in the day. I don't know what they do now, but like, and you, you do, and that all, it's all complimentary because now you're not, you're, you're, you don't, you don't live with a woman anymore. And, uh-huh. and you have lots of time to concentrate on scooping powder in, into blenders and stuff like that. But yeah. like, I feel like it's, you know, it all becomes very, do you, do you see yourself becoming a kind of, 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 Jim Rat, we become like the enlightened, the wise old man. You know, here's the <clears throat> here's the problem. I uh, cannot live for the next forty years in in power, in strength and power, and health and happiness. If I spend as much sedentary time as I currently do, uh, sitting on this green couch that I that I love very much, but now yeah. has a John shaped dent in it. Oh my, I'm, I'm, you, you, you joke, but my part of the couch absolutely has a Merlin-shaped divot. Yeah, and when the when It's the my couch default. Started- I mean, and like, to, to, to put a fine point on it, what you're describing, I think, is what you, one has to ask oneself before you make a giant change in life, what's my default mode? Not default mode as in the, the way the mind works, but default mode is in like, well, for me, default mode is sitting in front of a screen. Like, to, to suddenly say to myself, well, I've decided by fiat that tomorrow I'm going to be lifting 300 pounds guy, that's... I don't know if that's the best approach to it, but it sounds to me like what you're saying is you're not going to Donald Jr. this. You're going in and saying like, hey, listen, I'm going to use words like core mm-hmm. and, and, and stamina. And I mm-hmm. got to say, John, you know, because had, I had a really good friend that went through this with trying to avoid disc surgery, and it's those tiny fucking muscles in your lower back. Yeah. Like that, or like my wife takes Pilates three times a week. I know. She, she's, she's like, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not going to describe my wife on a podcast, but she's really fit. Yeah, and it's a lot of it is that area. Like I think her body's changing shape because of Pilates. It's wild. Well, and all those things people say to me all the time. Well, why don't you do yoga? Everybody does yoga, and I'm like, I know. And then they're the, like, Why don't you do CrossFit? You're you're down in a you're down in a ravine already, flipping truck tires over. Why don't you just pay somebody money to yell at you while you do it? What's that saying? Like, why don't you just know. become a Scientologist? What an odd thing to say. But the problem is, all I I know a lot of people that have exercise as part of their regular routine, and I, if I went in the ravine every day. That would be one thing, but I then will spend three days trying to make it to the bottom of a of a large Fritos bag, while I follow y- Ukraine war uh, tweets. And what does that take? Stamina for like six <laughs> six hours. Stamina, John. You have the mental, as we used to say in professional wrestling. You've already got the intestinal fortitude to focus yeah, on fortitude. on on draining that bag. 
but 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 the thing is you're looking for a more holistic approach right you're looking for a way to be able to get through these next <laughs> whatever 40 years good luck yeah 40 but, years okay sure 40 uh-huh let's just shoot for let's shoot for 30 but 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 you get to 30 and you're like i, I can do two more i think it's fun to i mean to just to, to really i guess kind of spoil the bit here is like i do think that there are i suspect i know i have been that guy that goes into a place like a gym with a very ambitious idea they see me coming it's really not that different from getting cornrows in jamaica they're just gonna go yeah that's a good idea well yeah sure we'll get you on the 200 pound bench lift program and of course i abandoned it like everybody else and now i have a laminated card in my wallet that just makes me feel bad and all that kind of stuff. I yeah. guess what I'm curious about, this is not a suggestion, it's certainly not advice, but I am curious about what would happen if you went into Ray Ray and were just dead fucking honest with him and not trying to throw a shape. If you go, and I'm saying, I'm not saying you would do that, but if you went into Ray Ray and said, hey, look, I'm not in the shape that I used to be. I plan to live for 40 years. What's your plan for me? Yeah. Well, obviously, that's what's going to happen. Do you think so? <clears throat> well, yeah. The, I'm proud the, of you already. The whole uh, I'm trying to game the system thing is uh, that was a bit, you know, the it's the whole thing of like, why would you yeah. go to a psychologist and lie to them? I'm not paying to go to a gym <laughs> to impress Ray Ray, who I'm only going to see. So once. you say, but a lot of people <laughs> throwing a lot of shapes out there, John. Well, yeah, but I got nothing to prove. I'm 54 years old. Look and at I you. Look, You're exquisite. I've, I've always looked like a pile of dirty clothes, and I am now yeah. still. And the thing is, I'm not trying to do it to get on the dating scene. I'm not trying to do it because you're I'm trying to get that Ron Ron DeSantis physique. Is what you're if trying to I get. look back at all of the photographs that were taken of me from age 28 to age 48, I could have been doing a lot better in terms of. Showing up with oh, okay. a proper haircut sure. and a little bit leaner and make eye contact with the camera type of stuff. You know, like it's too yeah. late for me to if I was if I was vain in that way, I had my chance. Yeah. Um and uh now I'm just trying to survive. I'm just trying to live, I'm trying to convert because the thing is that if I'm if I go in sincere then they're going to try and put an eating plan in front of me, too. You know, they're going to oh, say, oh, so you, here's you need to create, uh, boy, here's a word I love that I wish had not become so fraught, but you got to set up some boundaries. You got to say to Ray Ray, you know, uh, across this line, you do not. It's, it's, it's got, it's, the, all the boundaries are internal, and they must be. But they're this, real. Like you don't want him changing your. You too, though, right? Oh, I mean, oh no, 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 no! Oh fuck, dude! I have a whole thing about this that I'm building toward, which is the importance of boundaries, and the way that now. I mean, I, I, I'm not on time for this because we still got to talk about Queen. But like, the problem is like the, when people talk about like oh, quiet quitting and shit like that. No, it's not quiet quitting. It's fucking boundaries. It's people who spent the last three years f feeling, realizing, finally realizing, seeing the Matrix and going, realizing how fucked around they were by this job they thought they had to have and are now realizing that to have a sustainable life, you have to have boundaries. You have to have boundaries with your job and the people who are there and the expectations you've accepted on yourself. You have to have boundaries with the people in your life and not be afraid to pull a Hodgman on somebody and say, no, actually, I'm going to go back to my hotel room and I don't want to talk to you anymore. Not to be mean, but like boundaries are so critical and yet we're always so discouraged from having and holding boundaries because it makes us seem rude. Don't in let my, Ray Ray change your bag is what I'm saying. In my case, you know, I'm just trying not to eat spaghetti every day. And I know that if I did yoga every day and I know if I did Pilates or I did CrossFit or I didn't eat sugar or I went back on Atkins or a thousand <laughs> other things. And my mom comes over every other day with a hundred other things she wants to talk about, like how the mother tree <laughs> talks to all the other plants in the forest. And what does that mean about what I should be eating? Can you take you know? that? Because I would super love to hear that. <laughs> then, I honestly, I would re legit, I love listening to your mom talk about anything. Because yeah. your mom is exactly how she is. I've never seen your mom any way, but exactly how she is. If you don't know how she is, that's okay. It would take you about five seconds to realize how John's mom is. It's, it's amazing. It's impressive. It's somewhat terrifying. It's extremely entertaining. And she's like, she's no, there's no bit that she's participating in. Your mom is who she is. And if she wants to talk to you about the mother tree, sit the fuck down. My sister that. right now is in Bali and is... B-A-L-I? Yeah, and is leading a... Uh, a, like a, a self-improvement course that a dozen people have signed up for and have Balinese flown to Balinese people or people from other countries? No, no, people from 
from uh, other countries. I see, I see. And she, my sister and her friend Kenna lead this wow. uh, wellness and mindfulness retreat. And they do a few of them a year. And, you know, it's legitimately like a dozen people who have who have paid for my sister to guide them. That's and, incri- I mean, I, I'm impressed that on so many levels that she's, I, I hope this doesn't sound condescending. I just don't mean it that way, but like just the managerial stuff and the like what's involved in planning that, that that's incredible. And then, or the marketing, if you like the putting yeah. that together, that's yeah. a lot of fucking work. Oh, it's a lot. It's a lot. <clears throat> it's a huge undertaking. And yeah, two days ago I was here at the house and I hadn't been to the store in a long time and I opened up the pantry and I saw that the only spaghetti left in the house was whole wheat spaghetti that I had oh, bought come at one on. point. Has my and wife been shopping for you? That's oh, the this thing. is fun. It's macaroni, but it's made out of cauliflower. Then it's not macaroni. It's cauliflower. Yeah, I was at a <sighs> I was at a, a grocery store. I think I was I with, so I was I with my so daughter, much. and I was like, I, I was trying to be, you know, a good example. And I was like, look, let's get the whole wheat. Spaghetti, and she was like, she, ro- she pronounces it Skibetti. And she rolled her eyes at me, and you know, and uh, and kept trying to put fruit roll-ups in the shopping cart. And I was like, No, no, no! Look, we we just we're gonna eat we're gonna eat whole wheat spaghetti. And then I, of course, put it in the cupboard and ignored it, ate all the food around it. You know, I was eating canned corn and still trying to pretend this wasn't there. But but it was all <laughs> it was all that was left. And I was like. You know what? I'm feeling virtuous. I'm going to make whole wheat uh, spaghetti. Are, are you going to do something? Are you going to give it a treat? I used to eat whole wheat pasta in college. I have to say, yeah. it's it's fine, but it's different. Like, I enjoy it. You cook it a lot longer. Yeah. It's much more hearty. It's obviously a more rustic. It, it, it's like eating bread in some ways a little bit more. But that, that that's that's one thing. But now my question is, what's your treatment? Are you going to do like some kind of fancy extra EVOO and uh, and fresh uh, minced garlic on it? Or are you going to sploosh some, uh, some prego on there? What are you going to well, do? Well, so here's what I normally do. I normally cook a pound of hamburger and I put it into Paul Newman's saccharini sauce. That's a hell of a sauce. And we just walk from there. And and. Uh, but this was one of those like everything's gone. There's nothing in the cupboard. And what I had was uh, one of those large tin cans of diced S and W tomatoes with Italian seasoning. Oh, so it wasn't scabetti sauce. It was diced tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With some seasoning. Okay. And I had one of those little cans of tomato paste. That's gonna do fine. Add a little water to that. And Bob's your uncle. And then I had a pound of hot Italian ground sausage that I don't know how got into my freezer. I don't well, know what. However, ha- it got in there. That is a hell of a meal, John. Well, so, so no, you're out of hamburger. Your protein in this is going to be that uh, the the sausage. That well, sounds so good. Well, no, because I wasn't out of hamburger. <laughs> and so I said, "Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to clean out the cupboards. I'm going to put everything in one pot that has any kind of tomatoes in it that's in a can." Okay. So I'm going to fill up this this uh, this sauce pot with just all the leftover pastes and diced and <laughs> chops. <laughs> I get it. I get it. They all go in there. And then in this pan, I'm going to cook a pound of hamburger and a pound of hot Italian ground sausage together as if it's one meat. Yeah. And I'm going to smoosh it all together. I, so. do, I do the same thing when I make uh, scabetti sauce. I'll cut. If I, if I can't get just the, um, the loose sausage, I'll cut up some sweet Italians mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and gut them out of their out of their little intestinal oh, homes. Oh, pull them out. Oh, okay, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then chop it up real small and then brown that. But, oh, I'm into this, John. Yeah, so, and then all I have is whole wheat. So I made it, and it was super good, even better than what I normally but do. But different, different. It's different. different. That's the problem. It's because if you do it with fucking, like, I don't know, out of uh, okra or something, it's just mm. like, oh, you made weird spaghetti. But yeah. whole wheat spaghetti is still good. It's different. But this was me sitting at home eating it al- out of a out of a soup bowl. No alone, one was even there to the see couch. it. No, and that's <sighs> the pro- that's the good thing because if I put that in front of my daughter, she would have gone, ugh. And but I would what say, if she it's didn't see normal. you making it? What if she didn't see you making it and you didn't have hesitation? Hesitation is a tell. I think the hot Italian she would sense 
the the she would not like that it was spicy. Now, and she but, would say, but this would you is say spicy. it? Because like last, um, yeah, last night. God, Madeline's been on a fucking tear. I gotta get I gotta get her to send you her recipe for one pot pasta where you cook the pasta with the with the, the sauce. It's really interesting and super what? good. Yeah, it's great. No, it's fucking crazy. But um, she's on a tear right now with this New York Times app. She made something the other night last night that was amazing with real good like wild salmon. Um, she, it was this really good sauce that, you know, it, but it had mayonnaise and mustard in it a little bit. And uh, it was delicious. But category error, don't tell the kid, don't make a face and tell the kid, you might want to scrape it off because it's got mayonnaise in it. Oh. No. That's a rookie. That is a rookie mistake. It sure is. It sure is. You're, you're, pre, you're preemptively scaring the child into a mayonnaise scrape. Yeah. The kid will never now eat it because it's got mayonnaise in it. Well, now it's marked though, forever as being yeah. a mayonnaise fair. Yeah. And then the next time you make it, six months from now, they're like, is that the one with mayonnaise in it? Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. All I, when I go to the gym, I am not going to say, I want you to transform my life. I'm going to say, look, I'm not going to go on an eating plan that is any more complicated than every once in a while having a uh, whole wheat pasta because it's the only thing left in the freezer. And honestly, but I'm that's so- a, That's important codicil, John. I'm Just so, so you know, up. I'm not going to go on your thing. And if it does happen, it'll happen for this reason, not an arbitrary gym guy yeah. reason. I'm powered up right now by the experience of having had a success with this whole wheat pasta enough that I might go to the store today and buy more of it. In which case I will be setting because this is present John fucking with future John, right? This is yeah. This, this is, is how you build. This is how you build a personal infrastructure. Is you have to utilize the different parts of who you are. When future John though, because I know future John really well, and I oh, know that he's going to open that cupboard and he's going to go, "Where are the where are the Fritos?" Yeah, and then he's going to hear me, past John. Say, <laughs> no Fritos, bro. Guess what? Whole wheat pasta. And future John's going to be like, fuck you, past John. But it's yeah. me, present John, that's making the decision. You know what, though? They're all John. They're all John. They are all John. They are all John. Yeah, they're John. They're John. So it's wait, all the, no, it's John's all the way down. down. John. Queen is very good. Queen is so That's all I wanted to say. Actually, it's not all I wanted to say. I wanted to talk about how important it is to, when you're coming up. Uh, so here's what happened. This is this might be the show. I can't decide. Um, but like, I um, so I, 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 you know, I don't know. So how did this start? Something started. It doesn't take a lot to get me on to, God, I hate this word, classic rock. But like listening, like, a, a, so like an album will finish on Spotify and then it starts playing stuff that it knows that I'll like. And it always works. I mean, I... You know, I was telling my kid the other day, like, I, I, I can listen to Bohemian Rhapsody maybe five times a year, but I don't want to do it too much more than that because I want to keep it special. I was saying how, like, I only listen to Stairway to Heaven once per year because that's how you really? keep it special. You got to keep it special. If you do it once a year, you're going to appreciate what a fucking good song, weird fucking song that is. But if you just let it play in the background, like, ugh. But anyway, 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 the point being, I was, I was uh, uh, like Lion Eyes. Lion yeah. Eyes. Lion Eyes is a fascinating song. I know it's it's funny, and you've seen it in a movie. It's funny to make fun of the Eagles. The first, like especially the first Eagles album, and um, Ticket to the Limit are both really really good albums with really good songs. And Lion Eyes is just a wonder of performance and production. And I got off on a jag, and and of course the thing that it takes least of anything to get me back into for whatever reason is Queen. Because right. I love Queen. It's one of my favorite bands. And like, without Queen's influence, half a dozen of my favorite bands would not be as good. Including shit like My Chemical Romance, which I know sounds weird for me, but I love them. They would just be another emo band if they didn't have that Queen influence, where they obviously love right. that thick sound. And, oh, Muse. Uh, Muse does it. Wait, it's is Muse uh, like a... Um, wait, I know Muse. Are they a, like an like a industrial or goth band? What is Muse? Muse is, uh, is like a UK... Like stadium rock level. Um, Maybe they have a big hit that I should know. I'll look I them think, up. I'll look them up. I think if you if you really took the time, Muse is one of those bands that kind of slipped between the cracks, uh, and and they they can sell out stadiums, so they didn't slip between the cracks. But like the critical cracks, because sometimes Muse 
is like the best of what you hoped Radiohead would have done after. I know, I know this band. Like when, when Radiohead pivoted at Kid A yeah. and everybody at the time was like, what? Ooh. What are you doing? Yeah. Um, Muse kept going mm-hmm. along the lines of what if what if uh, Paranoid Android was the future of rock? Well, like, maybe in a similar way to like a lot, I'm not the first person to say this by a long shot, but ELO, especially the early ELO when Roy Wood was still in the band, it was in some ways like an extension of like what if the Beatles had kept trying to do stuff similar to but expanding on the '66 to '68 era. You know, there are those bands where they, like they pick up kind of where somebody left off and run with the ball. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah, right. But Muse kept kept it like Prague. Well, I, if you yes, if you went, I mean, because there are going to be a lot of people that are like Muse. That's just Coldplay for rock, and and in a way, it it well, there's worse things in the world than Coldplay for rock. Yeah, if you you could make that argument, and you wouldn't be wrong. But just like Coldplay for whatever Coldplay is, is often really good. I think Muse is. So anyway, my mom loves Muse, and she made me one time take her to a <laughs> Muse concert. Do you have a sticky note about this somewhere? I, I'm sure. Doesn't I'm your sure. mom do? Remind, remind the listeners what your mom does uh, with the sticky yeah, notes. Well, well, not anymore because she doesn't listen to CDs anymore, but she used to put, yeah, post-it notes on <laughs> CDs that was like, drums suck or whatever, like, this, this, <laughs> this band's boring. But she really loved Muse. She really loves Zach Wilde's Black Label Society. And she really loves what? Slash's the guitar, Snake the boodily boodily guitar guy. Uh, yeah, she liked it was Zach oh Wilde. Yeah, she likes Shit. all that stuff. But but I took her to Muse, and it was a hell of a rock show. Big big rock show. And I think all of the vocals are triple tracked, and all the guitars are quadruple tracked. But it sounds really cool. It's like I rock, love roll, that. Rock like, rock rock. Like, and it sounds so- like Queen. It sounds like Queen. Yeah. Alone. Yeah, and like, and the Roy Thomas Baker touch yeah, of those, yeah, yeah, those, yeah. those magic records. This, oh, but I was saying about Queen, yeah, sorry. the first one of those where I ever was sitting in a studio, like a recording studio, and the engineer said, hey, want to see something cool? And I was like, yeah. And he pulled up this, this file. We were working on a record I was working on, but he pulled up a file, and it's, a, it's an album. It's got all, you see all the tracks. And he starts to play it, and it's Bohemian Rhapsody, and he has the individual tracks. Oh, my God. And he's like, what do you want to hear? I've watched like four different documentaries that involve Bohemian Rhapsody, t- talking about how the tape was so thin you could see through it. Yeah. Right? Because so, so, it literally has, I, I, get, get me on this, but like Accounting Bouncing, it literally has like dozens or like hundreds of tracks on it. They would do nothing for a day, but just go, let me go. Or like yeah. that would technically be Roger Deacon doing that part, I think. So, but well, like they, you would just all day too, long. about uh, Fleetwood Mac's rumors, right? That that was the story they told about that too. That's because of the cocaine. The, they'd <laughs> worn the tape so down yeah. by, by going. But you know, you can dupe the tape over, and I mean, every one of those is a generation that you lose fidelity. But when you listen to those tracks, do you hear a loss of fidelity? Like it sounds amazing. Of course. And so we had the track, so it was like. Okay, well, shit, solo the bass line. And then we would just sit and listen to the bass line for the whole song all the way through oh with no God. other references. And then it's like, uh, uh, okay, well, of course you want to hear just the backing vocals. And yes. those tracks, there's sure it's just the backing vocals, but those tracks also have tons of other shit going on in them. They're so thick, you can't tell how. Yeah. I mean, to, to overdub guitars, to sound like Steve Vai. You have to have this extraordinary ability to play something all 98% exactly the same way. It's the 2% that's not exactly the same way, but as almost as that creates that chorusy thickness. Yeah. Same with those vocals. They're hitting those notes so right that you wouldn't know how many times they recorded it, but that leads to this ineffable fullness to what they're doing. Let me go, you know, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, I, that was on the radio so, yesterday, and so and my huh. daughter and I were driving in the car, and she and I was going through the channels, you know, because we listen to terrestrial radio in my car, and I was like, the Jack, and then I switched the next one, and I was like, the end, and I switched the next one. <laughs> Another Boneyard Classic. What is <laughs> hey, it? That's seven. The Bone. Quinn. It's the Bone. And, <laughs> and then I punched into Bohemian Rhapsody for just a second as I was, and then I punched the next one. Uh-huh. And she from the backseat was like, no, go back, go back. Yeah. And I was like, well, we, we know Bohemian Rhapsody is waiting there for us. Just want to see what else, you know, Can like somewhere the down horn? the line. <laughs> you know, and the next one, hey, it's you, it's Ricky and the Moves. Hey, you may be and, entitled to compensation. <laughs> and she was in the back going, go back. 
And I was like, okay, every okay, second okay. you're not doing this, we are missing Bohemian Rhapsody. So I went back and we listened to Bohemian Rhapsody. It oh, just, man. you know, it couldn't have been 30 hours ago. No, less than that, 20 hours ago. Um, yeah, we, oh, um, I, I've had to, this is one of those things where I've had to explain why I am how I am to my kid, where I'm like, you know, one reason I'm so attached to Queen, well, Queen is one of those things where like I've encountered them at so many points in my life. I mean, like, what's funny is, yeah, I, sure, I remember Bohemian Rhapsody in 1975, but you know what I really remember from 1975? If I'm being honest, like, if you were mm. actually fucking there, you know what you'll remember is you're my best friend. That yeah. song is so fucking good. That was the radio hit that you would hear, and it's still an astonishingly good, well-written, beautifully arranged, you know, Queen song. But of course I loved We Are the Champions. Of course I bought a 45 of We Will Rock You on One Side. We will. I mean, like, I had all of that, all the way up to the disappointment of Hot Space, the, the you know, because of my homophobia and the fact that it wasn't a good album. Like, all of those things, and going forward all through Live Aid, and like, you know, and then even just, and how many times I've gone back to Queen. Like, I have a relationship with this band. But, you know, we would listen to their, whatever the gray one is, uh, platinum hits or greatest hits, whatever their first, you know, two-volume uh, greatest. We used to listen to that when I drive my kid home from nursery school. And yeah. so and when my kid was verbal but not super verbal, they'd be in the back seat, I'd be in the front seat, find me somebody to love find me somebody to love somebody somebody find me somebody find me somebody to love that stuff or like just ah it was all just so gold I, now, did, time. Now, tell me this though yes i remember in 1977 and i don't know if this was a formal rivalry or if this was just true in my <clears throat> if this was just true in my elementary Queen versus school. kiss Thank you. Yes. Yeah. yeah are you Kiss Army or are you Queen yeah. Army? And although I felt like Kiss Army had a better name, I was one hundred percent cilantro and potting soil. You know, they're both yeah. really good and they're different things. And Kiss, ooh, your Kiss's blood is in the Marvel comic book, and like mm -hmm. they were, they were. I think what's funny is Kiss kind of knew. Well, Kiss, God, just watch any fucking interview. Go watch the Tom Snyder interview from nineteen seventy eight. Where, uh, where, where Paul and Gene are totally in character. I'm sure you've seen this. You've seen this, right? Where uh, there's a Tom Snyder interview uh, from. Oh yeah, the, of course, of course. It's around the time of "I Was Made for Loving You," and they're in makeup. They're on stage, and and Ace and Peter are obviously insanely high, and cackling. And and at one set, at one time, he says, uh, "Gene Simmons, Gene Simmons, who plays the uh, the bass," and and Space Ace goes. <laughs> the trout because that's how ace freely sounds when he talks yes, i remember crazy I remember. high and you can just see I remember, gene i remember gene and paul look so goddamn angry that they're not like doing the bit in character they're <laughs> businessmen in makeup those two guys <laughs> they always have been since whatever queens in 1972 they've always been businessmen i think yeah. they knew they were making music for latchkey children but queen on the other hand oof yeah, there was. I feel like there was kind of a. It's like a, almost like a Beatles versus Stones kind of thing. I mean, God, Queen was just. So, Queen's a band, and Kiss is They're a, a comic book. Yeah. And I don't know. In the in the '90s up here in Seattle, there was all this Kiss revisionism. Everybody was. Everybody my right. age was like, oh, it was oh a, here I we go. See, so you're gonna end it on a sad note because you're gonna do your bit about Kiss. 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 <sighs> You're saying, okay, but you're, okay. You know what? I don't have time for this. Sometime I want to talk about Kiss and Queen. Sometime I want to talk about the importance of lore and in-jokes Oh, when geeks are in a band. The importance yeah. of a bit like, well, if I could count myself as part of the Long Winners for just a moment, White Sauce not a problem. We course, still say that. Yes, of course. Of I said course. we said one day you say that, but like the importance of like why Mike Coleman and I would make jokes about no synthesizers were used on this album. I was just exp not explaining. I was telling somebody about this on on the internet just a minute ago, or like the whole like Kiss Kiss only uses Pearl drums and Gibson guitars because they only want the best or whatever that line was that was like a product yeah. placement on every album. <laughs> yeah. Like, but that's a, something that only a music nerd, a geek who sat around reading the back of albums because they don't have you know friends. <laughs> <laughs> remember and then you meet somebody else who knows that bit and that becomes that becomes part of your lore and or listening to linda god bless her uh, r.i.p to a real one listening to linda mccartney 
at soundcheck. Listening to the trog say, I know it needs bloody strings. You know, like all that stuff like becomes the venom tapes. Oh my God. Or, you know, the classic, the Paul, the Paul Stanley. I want to know. Woo. How many of you here tonight? Woo. Have you heard, you've heard that, right? Which is the, just a a kiss concert. That's (laughs) just Paul Stanley's particular banter, cutting out all of the music. Woo. I want to know. That's right. How many of you tonight like to drink? Tequila. I I went to see Kiss uh, a couple of times, and uh, there was a distinctive. I have a very distinct memory of Paul Stanley looking out at a half full uh, auditorium. What did he want to know? And he he said, <laughs> "Well, all right, everybody, this isn't our biggest show, but we're gonna make it our best." I was like. Never acknowledge that the room is half full, man. Never acknowledge it. <laughs> and then finally, the thing I was going to say, and this is not a commitment, it's mainly an idea, but uh, we've we've talked before about trying to do something fun for Patreon. I'm not committing to anything at all. Oh, but, no. But one thing that I'm not committing to but would be funny is if we did a pilot project to see <laughs> if the, the big project would be John and Merlin do commentary on every good classic albums episode oh um but we we could start with I have them all i have them all i you have the wall you still have the wallet it's in a cigar box somewhere we could do night at the opera or we could do asia (laughs) i have the i I mean i think it's all on youtube now right you don't have to actually put oh i've I've got them all i mean i've stolen all of them (laughs) um but yeah um it's important. Lore is important, John. You know, a lot of people in bands are nerds. I think not, not a lot of people know that. Oh, boy. You're so right. I thank God you had the courage to say it. Uh, thank you. Thank you for appreciating my courage. And, and yeah. listen, go, let me know how it goes with Ray Ray. I will. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I'm going to be talking about this every week from now on. <laughs> Look forward to that. All right. All right.